Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And first and foremost, I wanted to wish y'all a happy new year. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas and a uh, a safe and happy new year celebration. And we are back. It is our first episode of 2022. And uh, in my mind, we're actually in 2023, so we can be twice removed from 2020. Or, no, sorry. Yep, yeah. Twice removed from 2020 and once removed from 2021. Somehow in my head, there was a thrice there. Um, But I digress. (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you for coming back to us and joining us. I realize it's been roughly a month since we dropped an episode. Um, I know in the last episode, I was like, hey, I'm going to try to uh, edit or not edit, I'm going to try to re-release an episode from our vault. And uh, clearly I did that. (laughs) And by did, I mean didn't. Um, So today we are kicking off our 2022 season of OCR with a blast, with a doozy. Um, And at this point, it'll have been out for almost a month, so... That's where my comfort level is. I know it's been spoiled to death, but that's not how I roll. So, we are clearly talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. And if the title slide saying no way to talk about this without spoilers didn't clue you in, there will absolutely be spoilers in this episode. Um, I'll also say this is not going to be the only time I end up talking about this in my opinion, fantastic film throughout the year. In fact, I want to have at least one up other episode, if not two, with uh, with some other friends about this episode, about this uh, this film. So just uh, just get ready for that. Put uh, file that away in your uh, in your noggin. Um, so what I can say without spoiling the movie is it is a movie and a really good one. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an ending. And that is all I can tell you without spoiling. So if you clicked this and you thought, nah, Chris isn't going to talk about it without spoil, isn't going to talk about this with spoilers, I'm going to give you a chance to hop off here. Thank you for joining for this uh, couple minute preamble. Um, Sorry if my throat sounds a little bit weird and if I'm talking too much, I legit just hopped off recording an episode of Radio Arcade with uh, my boy, Mabu Christian. Um, so shout out to him. who And he won't be listening to this episode because he hasn't seen the movie yet. And if you haven't and you don't want spoilers, neither should you. So I'm going to give about... Eh, we'll go with five seconds of silence and then we're going to hit the spoilers. All right, at this point, I assume you are here and you're down with it being spoiled if you haven't seen it. Although, honestly, I would recommend, even if you are down for it and you haven't seen it, uh, I'd still recommend hopping off. Not because it's a bad episode, but because it was so wonderful going into a movie and not knowing every little thing. Um, which happens more often than not, that it... it in my case, it added 
to the enjoyment. There were certain things that had been rumored and you could almost figure out based on the trailers that it was nice having some things that you didn't know were coming and they made those those touches all the sweeter. And an example I'll give is just a refresh. At the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Mysterio drops dime that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, Peter and MJ are in uh, are in Times Square when this uh, when this is dropped. So it ends with the "What the f?" Um, without him actually saying the f word, and everything kind of goes kerplunk. Um, <laughs> Everything kind of goes from there. So at the start of this, it's people immediately reacting to it. It's, I mean, he's just been implicated as a murderer. So one of the heavy fan rumors uh, and speculations for for ages for this movie was that it would briefly involve, uh, like, Matt Murdock would show up. Charlie Cox, who played Matt Murdock in... Um, in Netflix's Daredevil, like <laughs> the only, the only consistently great Netflix show of the net of the Netflix Marvel movies, um, so there was a lot of rumored speculation that he would show up, and he did, and you know what? It was it was awesome that he did. I'm not gonna lie. Even though that was one that had been rumored for ages, it didn't make the appearance any less sweeter. It was awesome that he was there. And that would have been enough. Uh, him just showing up, doing a brief lawyer uh, consulting scene. But what we got was they further added a hint that he's Daredevil. Uh, because a brick comes flying through a wall and he just catches it. And his answer, his justification of, I'm a really good lawyer, was great. But the brick toss-in was just such a wonderful side edition that I didn't know that I needed, but when I got it, I loved it. It was one of the first of numerous times throughout the movie. I was just like, holy crap. I love this movie. Um, and it was really early on before I saw the movie. I was, I was excited, but I'll say cautiously optimistic or, uh, or trepidatious as uh, another fun way of saying it just because, um, like even though the Marvel movies with uh with ensembles have been have been done extremely well, um, and the first two Marvel Spider-Man movies have been done extremely well. This is still a movie coming through Sony, uh, and Sony when there's been Spider-Man and multiple characters, and it's not been the excellent one-off CG into the Spider-Verse. And by CGI, I mean just animated, not CGI. Um, when it's been a live-action Spider-Man movie with multiple characters, it hasn't gone well. The ratio of good Spider-Man movies to bad Spider-Man movies has not been... It's not like, oh, it's 50-50. Um, at least not to me, and I know that's subjective, but I'll still, I'll still argue the way I have for years. Anyways, um, the... Uh, so I, w I was a bit cautious going into it. As they brought things in, uh, those fears were assaged, assuaged, whatever the word is, um, as the as the film went. And it's it's truly a wonderfully made movie. Now, 
let's set some records straight. If uh, the trailers showed that you get Doc Ock showing up from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, you get the Green Goblin showing up from the first Sam Raimi, Raimi Spider-Man movie, you get a version of Electro, played by Jamie Foxx, who played him in Amazing Spider-Man 2. You get Sandman from Spider-Man 3, and you get uh, the Lizard from Amazing Spider-Man 1. Um, you get all them. What wasn't absolutely, thankfully, wasn't spoiled in any of the trailers or any of the promos, but it had been heavily rumored, was you were going to get both Toby and Andrew Garfield. Um, I gotta say, guys, it was it was actually awesome. to It was actually awesome to see them back. Um, and most of the time, I don't... I, I've never enjoyed Toby as Spider-Man, and beforehand, I was like, alright, he's probably gonna show up, and I'll be happy for the... I'll be, I'll be happy for the Spider-Man fans who are like really, really excited that he's there. Cause there are uh, like, there are people who genuinely enjoy those films. Um, I'm not one of them, <laughs> but I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. At first I was like, all right, it'll, it'll be cool. But then it's like, also as much as I don't like those movies, they have a place in, in Spider-Man history and in Spider-Man in pop culture. So it was, it was cool that it was happening. Uh, but originally, I was like, "All right, as long as it's done well enough in the story, I'll, uh, that'll that'll satisfy me." Not only, what, and you could make the joke like Chris, their satis your satisfaction means nothing to them. <laughs> um, but not only was was that, for lack of another term, requirement met met like it made story sense that it was showing that he was showing up. It. Also, the role they had Toby's Peter Parker play was actually really, really good. He was almost like the, uh, the almost like the, you could say like the, the old sage or the older brother who's there to quietly support and lead if necessary. But it's not like he's, he's stepping up to be like, oh, I'm in charge. And it didn't become... Toby Maguire's Spider-Man 4 by any stretch of the imagination when he came out. out. And in fact, he was wonderfully understated in his performance. And I think that that was necessary just because this is going to sound like more of a dig than intended. Um, but one of the things I didn't like about Toby Maguire's Spider-Man was the characterization and the performance. And... I don't find Tobey Maguire to be a good actor. Uh, I've just, I've never seen a performance of his where I've been like, oh, that's really good. Um, he's been all right, but I've just never been a particular fan. Uh, in this case, though, he did really, really well because it was like, hey, here's this the small understated role we're going to have you play where you just get to kind of react a little bit not dramatically we're not going to ask you to cry or anything terrible like that um no nah, we're just going to get you to we're just going to get you to like share some experiences you've had and be kind of like a guiding quiet supportive role and he did he did really well with that so going in i didn't think i was like oh it'd be cool to see him 
but I didn't think I'd actively enjoy his Spider-Man showing up and like learning where he is. But also, I didn't think I'd actually like his performance. So that was a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, and of course, they thankfully brought back Andrew Garfield. And oh my gosh, guys. I, like, I, I've I've said he's been my favorite live-action Spider-Man. And part of that is because I think he he brought he's brought something to the the role that they haven't let other characters bring where when everybody thinks Spider-Man there of course they think the the quips and the the wisecracks and the the smart aleckness and the the jibes and the jokes but especially and it's something Steve brought up uh originally and it's something that's really in the uh wonderfully evident in the uh the early Ditko Lee run, Lee run of comics like Spider-Man he can be kind of a dick uh like he, he's not just like the big boy scout who makes the occasional observation joke like he's not Deadpool <laughs> by any means in terms of how he jokes but he's not He's not always like, oh, I'm your friendly neighborhood spider Like, yeah, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but he can kind of be a dick about it. Um, and that's something that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and, like, Garfield brought to his Spider-Man and the writers brought to that interpretation. And that was there a bit still. And I loved that because his Spider-Man is in a very different place. Um, this movie isn't just... Even though it's bringing in the villains from... Bef like moments before they died or were defeated uh, it's uh, them they're coming out of certain moments in time these Spider-Men as they're coming to the MCU's universe um, they're coming through after events have happened so Toby Spider-Man has seen uh, Goblin die Auk die uh, Sandman not die but fade away kind of thing um, and he's at a point in his life where you don't see her but he's like yeah no it, it took a lot of work but MJ and I are together um, Toby's uh, sorry that's Toby's Spider-Man uh, Andrew's Spider-Man is like he's in a bad place and he, he acknowledges it he's like I'm a, he kind of says he's a wreck more or less like think uh, Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is in a similar place where he's like, I'm trying to be the friendly hood neighborhood Spider-Man, but I can't do it every day. And people notice, and I've been in a dark place. Like, I had, like, he, he feels responsible for Gwen's death, which is awesome because in the comics, like, it was. Spider-Man's fault, but it was also like she was dead no matter what, so you can't blame Spider-Man. But you get, you get what I mean? So Gwen dying is still having this impact on him where he's a bit standoffish, um, like in that Andrew Garfield way. And oh, the dude is just so wonderful in the role. I forgot how much I enjoyed him. And even though I've been really digging Tom Holland... Like seeing, seeing Andrew, 
in the role on the screen again, I was like, damn, man, I miss you as this character. Um, and there was one moment in the movie where in the trailer, you see stuff where um, they make it look like someone's going to die. They make it look like, uh, I don't know. They make it look like, uh, well, they give you the impression someone's going to die at multiple points in the trailers. They were showing uh, it possibly as Ned or MJ or uh, Happy or uh, friggin' Aunt May. Um, so they will get to who dies in a moment, but I'll tell you who it is. It's not MJ. Uh, what was awesome and like one of the most emotional moments of the movie and it, it did hit, like, it hit me. I didn't cry or anything, but I was still like, oh, man, this is, this is, I like feeling things, <laughs> except for when I don't like feeling things. Um, but I like it when movies can make me feel things. Um, and they had MJ falling, and it was Garfield Spider-Man who was like, I'm going to save her. I've Like, he, he's go, he's the one that saves her, and it's like, for him, he's got to do it. He's, he he can't have another person die because of him not being able to save them. And especially because the last time we saw him, that was the case with Gwen. Like after he caught, after he catches MJ, MJ and she's saved and she's all right. Like he, he doesn't overly dramatic cry, but he cries and it's perfect for his Spider-Man to do that because one, it's in that Spider-Man's wheelhouse. Two, Garfield is a phenomenal actor who can cry. <laughs> and I don't know. I was just really, I was really happy that that happened. Um, and then, yeah, they made it work. They really, really made it work. Um, Every actor was served as Spider-Man. Like, even though everybody came back, uh, there were, of course, like, they were all treated lovingly and respectfully. Um, of course, there was, at one point, um, Garfield's, like, freaking out, and then Toby's like, dude, you're amazing. And it's almost this pep talk, but it but it works. And then Garfield's like, thank you. Like, thank you, I really needed to hear that. And then later, he's, as they're like, because they're all three are named Peter and they're shouting, Peter, they're like, who, who? And they're like, we got to figure this out. And it's like, all right, I know I'm Peter three. I liked that that humor was there because that acknowledges what, even though for me, my least favorite is the, the Toby Spider-Man and Garfield Spider-Man is, is my number one. Um, it's still kind of like, Hey, the, it, it it's, a little bit meta in the sense of to the majority of people uh, or most audiences when polled it's been Garfield would be Peter 3 so it was a way to acknowledge that but not do it in a way where it belittles the character or the other movies or any of the fans or anything so I gotta give it I gotta give it props for that um, it figured out a good balance to things really friggin' good balance to things um and everyone got their moment to shine. You got to hear where they were. Coming into the movie, I was like, man, I don't know about this. Like, the aspect of the Spider-Verse thing. If you get too bogged down 
Like, and as much as I loved Garfield as Spider-Man, like, the way they were going with him, the movies weren't. Like, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is what it is. Uh, Toby's Spider-Man movies were what they were. But coming out of it, not only do I want more Tom Holland, I'm like, give me another. Like, alright, you've hinted at the multiverse, you've set it up, deliver. I am down for another an, another amazing Spider-Man. Not in the direction the movies were going, but give me more Garfield as Spider-Man. If you can. Heck, give me more. I'd be down for more Toby Spider-Man. I've got slight pitches for both that I'm going to make. One is a lot of people were... Uh, Jill especially was like, I was really hoping for Miles. Uh, just because Miles is also such a really, really cool character. And... I'm not as sure that unless you're building it, although there's a way they could do it like the Sony game, um, like an established Miles as Spider-Man coming into a world where Peter is established. If they're not similar, if they're not at similar ages, I think a multiversal way is the way to go. And now they've set that up with this movie. Um, so you could have Miles working with Garfield Spider-Man and then transition into the MCU. You could do it with Toby. Or, honestly, a really cool thing they could do with um, with Toby's Spider-Man is there was a, a stretch of comics in the, uh, in the 90s called, I think it was the MC... Uh, was it the MC2? But it was where there was a character named Mayday Parker where she was where she was the spider woman or spider girl her main title was spider girl but i think they'd call her spider woman um like she was the main hero peter had been injured and lost a leg basically uh so he wasn't being a uh he wasn't like web slinging to save the day or anything like that um and you could do it with that could be a way to go back to that universe where you've got Toby in the movie who's also he's probably too old to consistently be like I'm gonna be Spider-Man for another five movies Excelsior um, but that could be a way where you could get him at this quiet supportive role have another character pick up the mantle and still have him be there and another way to do like where you can have your spider-man your ultimate spider-man and or amazing spider-man movie and your your spider girl or spider woman movie i think these could be ways done and if they could do it with the same level of care that they did this i have no reason to not support it this movie was fantastic it is the best live-action Spider-Man movie. It's not... Uh, as much as I love Far From Home, I'd say it's not even close. Uh, when I saw this movie originally... Well, not saw it, but when I started seeing this movie, I'm like... They're going really, really big. And I don't know... Like, I don't know about that. Because Spider-Man, he can be big, but he can also be a street-level hero. Do we need to go this big? But they went big, and not only... <laughs> the All the puns. They went big, and they found the way home. And it was just outstanding. Um, 
I could honestly wrap the episode there, but there, I, I do think there's more to say specifically about certain spots in the movie. Um, so let me, let me get to those. Um, all right. The character who died was Aunt May. Um, that's who I thought would die just because we didn't get Uncle Ben. And they, they actually, they, they had her drop the, with great power and then they, they made it work almost, uh, universally because it happened, it happened goblin, goblin killed her. Um, and then Peter, like it wrecks Peter, it wrecks Peter. Like, oh my gosh, did it wreck him? Um, and wonderfully, wonderfully so. Great performance by Holland. Um, but then they kind of tied it together as she was the MCU. She, she was the MCU's Uncle Ben. Um, and it, it, to me, it was a nice touch. And there, I also don't. Like, Spider-Man's at the point now where you can't keep Tom Holland in high school. Like, in this movie, you're like, yeah, you're going off to college, kid. You've had a growth spurt. Um, it makes sense. So, wh- uh, like, what more are they going to to do with Marissa Tomei? So, it, it made a character sense. And then also, thematically, we'll, we'll get there in a moment. Um, it just, it was a, to me, it was a good call. And they did it very, very well. Um... So I guess I'm talking about individual points that I loved. Willem Dafoe. I forgot how good he is as the Goblin. Just because I, like, I always dug Willem Dafoe as the Goblin, but I I don't enjoy the, <laughs> the other movies. I just, I genuinely don't enjoy them. It's not, it's not to be, it's not to hate on them or pick on them. It's just, I feel... I don't find them good. I don't find them that watchable, honestly. I'm just, I'm so taken out by how much I don't like that I'm like, I I can't watch it, basically. <laughs> um, so, with, uh, it, it, it's almost like, yeah, I remember how good he was but I forgot how good he was because I haven't been able to watch the thing and actually enjoy it. So here he's bringing everything to it and he's he's just so wonderfully evil. Um, and a thing about comic book movies I didn't like at the time was their trend of like, we're going to kill everybody off um, so then your the character pool keeps lessening but then also, uh, we got to make everybody sympathetic. We got to make everybody sympathetic. And this is something Christian and I just talked about on Radio Arcade, actually. Like, you can make somebody understandable without making them sympathetic. So you can make us understand, like, wow, Nor- like Norman Osborn in his universe was feeling like his company was being taken away he's he's worried about being a poor father so you understand that he's making bad judgments and then he takes the goblin serum i get that he's under the influence of the goblin serum but i shouldn't you're not supposed to be like no feel bad for norman because norman's also not a good person um and i'm not trying to add in real world implications to that because 
real world is different than fictional characters where you can be like, no, they're not good and I want them to die. Um, <laughs> you can do that with fictional characters. It's been the case with movies forever. Uh, and moving on, moving on. Like, you get what I mean. Uh, not every character needs that sympathetical, like, that sympathy thing. So they gotta make, but if you can make us understand, then it, you're, you're dialed in more. So they brought that again with Willem Dafoe's Goblin, where not once were you like, oh no, we got to do this because they're like, the whole thing is uh, like the out of the movie constantly is Dr. Strange is involved and we'll, we'll get to that in a, a brief moment. Um, Dr. Strange is involved and there's a thing where he can send everybody back to their main universe. And so there's a solution to the problem early on, but Peter doesn't want to do it because he knows if he sends them back, they're all going to die. And they're all people who like need help in Goblin's case. It's cured of the serum in Oz's in Dr. Octopus's case. It's like uh, the tech thing of the, the friggin' raptor octopus limbs are, uh, are influencing him. It's a tech issue kind of thing. Um, so his whole thing is like, if I can help them, if I can cure them, then we can send them back and they don't need to die. Um, I don't think it's like the exact moment before they die, but it's the idea of like, it's before... They're in the situations where they die. Um, so in this, it's like, even though there's that solution, Peter is like, no, okay, no, I want to, I want to save them. I want to cure them. I actually want to help them. Uh, cause if we help them, then they don't need, then they're not going to be in the situations where they die in their original timelines. <laughs> so with Goblin, you're like, okay, I know he's not going to die, but is he going to send him back? Like, is Peter just going to get to the point where he's like, nah, I'm just going to send him back. So they tow that line so well. And Willem Dafoe does so good with it. And also the visuals with the movie are really, really good. They make things look a lot better than they did in the older movies. Um, and that helps tremendously. And it's, oh yeah, no, it just, it, it pleasantly, I want to go see it again right now, actually, if I could, I would. Um, all right. So the other, the other thing is I said, we talk about Dr. Strange in a moment and we will, uh, Dr. Strange. Ah, man, I love Benedict Cumberbatch's Dr. Strange and he works so well in this movie. I've seen some people try to say like, oh, they make a joke out of his powers. I don't, I didn't really think that was the case. Um, I thought they made it make sense. Um, and it weirdly ties in uh, where I'll give it credit is they somehow, they somehow made a movie with, <laughs> they made a good adaptation of a terrible Spider-Man story. One of the most universally um, despised Spider-Man stories of all time is uh friggin one more day it's awful it's friggin awful it is the worst <laughs> it is simply 
simply the worst. Um, and they make it work. They they adapted it. Doc, it's Doctor Strange instead of Mephisto. It's Peter wants a spell where everybody forgets that he's Spider-Man, and that starts drawing other people from across the multiverse who know Peter is Spider-Man to the MC universe. Um, so they they make it work, and then they make the solution. They make the solution where in the terrible book, it's Aunt May is dying, and Mephisto will save her if. They make if Peter and MJ sacrifice their marriage. It's a hated story for a reason. Um, seriously, it's so bad. And they 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 make it work in this, and that at the end it does inform the ending where you could almost call this. I, this is where even though I I've spoiled things, I kind of don't want to spoil this. Um, so I guess it's my discretion. Um, but. They do. Uh, it does involve a lot of people forgetting, and you could almost nickname this movie Spider-Man: The Great Reset, um, because a lot of people have. Even though there's been a lot of love towards the uh, the MCU Spider-Man, um, a lot of people have just been like, "Well, is this Spider-Man? He's got a tech suit." Like he's got the iron spider, he's got the iron spider suit, he's got tech glasses from Stark. Like he's got, he's got access to access to riches and tech. When Spider-Man, for most of the time in the comics, <laughs> the joke is his greatest enemy is poverty because he's a he's a low income working class citizen uh, who can barely make rent in New York, and this movie does things that um that basically gets him back to that point um and i don't want to spoil everything but not only do they do it they do it just so incredibly well like everything is done just fantastically um ah i can't i i can't rave about this movie enough it's one of my favorite. It's it's not only the best MCU movie I've seen since Endgame. It's it's one of my favorite MCU movies. Period. And I I didn't think that would be the case going into the movie. I was like, all right, I I hope I really enjoy this. It looks good. I hope the hype is like the hype is real. I hope it lives up to the hype. And I have a I actively avoided spoilers. It delivered, and then some. Um. <laughs> weirdly use a bowling analogy and bowling when you get a strike like you get you, yeah you get a strike and then you get two and then when you get three or four you get a turkey and it's animated it would be like if you got uh, four strikes in a row and then they brought you a gourmet the best turkey you could ever possibly have that is what my experience of watching No Way Home was like it was just phenomenal it was funny it was emotional there were wonderful moments of intrigue it was it was everything that a spider-man movie should be and i'm and i honestly hope that the next mcu spider-man movie i'd love more with tom holland i i hope they're able to balance it like keep 
that momentum going. I want to see where that version of Spider-Man goes. But I also... It makes me want more live-action Spider-Man movies, which, going in, I was like, I don't want more... Like, I don't know if they should do more of these. I'm not sure. And now I'm like, if you can do it like that, I I want more. Give me more. Um, Never did I think I'd want more Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And I'm open to it. I don't... (laughs) Never did I think I'd be open to it. Um, But I'm like, hey, if done well... Like, if it's like... they, They did him so well in this movie... That if they could do, if they could keep that momentum and do him well, like in this, like in this role, this characterization of a Spider-Man, I'm down for it, man. I'd go pay to see that. And heck, it would be a great way to give me Mayday Parker because anybody who's read Mayday, most people who've read Mayday Parker love that character. And we'd be like, we want it. Give us Mayday. <laughs> so if, if it's through Toby, damn it, do it. And it's an organic, easy to do way. <laughs> Uh, all right. All that being said, dear listener, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Spider-Man uh, No Way Home fractionally as much as I did, because then I know you you loved it. Um, it just I, I was blown away by the movie. I did not think I'd love it nearly as much as I did. I expected to really, really enjoy it, but I actually love that movie. It is it is phenomenal. Uh, it is, without question to me, the best live-action Spider-Man movie. Um, it's quite a bar that's been set. All right. All that being said, my throat is getting really sore because I've talked a lot today. And then I'm back at work tomorrow where I will be talking a lot for eight hours. So <laughs> that is my day today. All that being said, hope you've had a wonderful New Year. Thank you for coming back to us at One Cross Radio. I've missed you guys. I love you guys. Uh, we're figuring some things out uh, and got some cool plan. hopefully some cool plans for the year. We're just going to see what schedules allow and everything. And yeah, all that being said, hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, if you didn't get the chance, I'm going to attach a link. I got to, uh, towards the end of last year, I got to be a guest on um, a one of the numerous podcasts or our fantastic friends Dallas and Celeste do over at Geek Devotions. We got to be on one with um, a great ho- uh, great friend slash homie and uh, one of the main writers on um, Fantastic 42, Eric from Nerd Chapel. Eric, we're getting you on the show at some point this year. We will make it happen. Um, but I got to do a guest spot with Eric on uh, new friend Bronson's podcast, over on at geek devotion so the link will be in the description i really recommend you check it out uh we have a lot of fun on that episode and it is uh it is evidence so it's not a, it's not only crazy interesting it's a lot of fun um so that'll be in the description and check that out and uh, all that being said I, I i'm weirdly getting emotional but my mental health is all over the place um but I'm excited to be back. I wish you all the happiest of New Year's. Stay safe. Let's find some joy as things are less joyful, less than joyful right now. And yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Drop me a line. Hit us up on Instagram. Love you guys. God bless. See you in a couple weeks. Peace.